Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Man, it's, it's good to be back. I, I love when we take a break, but I also love that it's good to be back. Happy New Year to you guys. Glad Happy to have New you Year. here. Yes. Sorry about that. I was distracted. Happy New Year. There's three of us today. There is three. It's pretty, it's pretty odd. I'm not used to this. You know, so when I was in uh, third grade, I remember that uh, we had this, uh, I had this amazing teacher, and he would always, at the end of the year, he would challenge the fifth graders to come back. And this was like forever ago, so I don't know exactly how long. But third grade was definitely an eternity ago, way before the internet machines and the Twitter machines were invented and all that kind of stuff. But we would, he would come in and he would challenge the fifth graders who were in his class to come back and do this like math challenge, like math challenge. So, because he, he had this cool way of learning all of your multiplication facts. So, Every did he use a song? He did. He used <laughs> always. He used 10 there's of them. always a song with it. He used ten of them. The rap one was absolutely tor- like terrible, <laughs> but I remember it because it was the fours. I think yeah. it was the fours. Right. I think it was the fours. And so we you could learn them so quick. Mm. And every year those third graders killed the fifth graders in that. But I do remember that because Mr. Finnegan was his name. Finnegan, what and a perfect name. He wasn't, I, I don't, well, he's probably Irish, but I mean, he didn't come <laughs> off like, hello, my name is Mr. Finnegan. <laughs> like, he was just a good dude. Let go of my lucky charms. <laughs> but it was crazy because cause my first grade teacher ter- scared the life out of me. Like, literally had a, a young girl in our class pee her pants because she didn't want to use the bathroom because she was so, so scared. So I, w- I won't say her name. The sec- my second grade teacher was equally scary. So at this point, here I am, this like traumatized <laughs> third grade grader shaking like I don't want to go to school ever again mom (laughs) and so like can I just start doing labor like I think can I go to you know I need to go to like a tech school and then I get to third grade and this teacher changed literally everything for me the whole dynamic and so uh that Mr. Finnegan I don't think I don't know if he's still alive if I if if he is I'm so sorry that I just offended you by thinking you're dead but (laughs) I think he's okay I think he's gonna be okay I think he'll be okay I remember him distinctly because he changed the entire dynamic of my educational life. Now, it wasn't like everything was great after that, but he changed it from me literally hating school to loving it in the course of two days. What I think is amazing is uh, like study after study after study says third to fourth grade, those teachers are the pivotal teachers. Like if you had a good experience in those grades, chances are your your outlook towards education will be positive. If you have a negative It'll be bad. My my third grade teacher and my fourth grade teacher was Miss Latham. Oh, she was she was both. She was both right because my my well first off I went to Rockford uh, a public school in Rockford Illinois which is by far the most corrupt school district in, known to man really? and I knew that in third grade I knew it was corrupt and this thing was absolutely backwards corrupt so anyways third grade it was like we were our own rooms fourth grade we got an influx of kids and so like like the the six. We, we still don't know if we were the good kids or the bad kids, but six of us were separated and put in the third grade room, but taught as fourth graders. I'm going to go out on a limb <laughs> no. and say you were the bad No, kids. but we were all straight A students, but <laughs> in the third grade room. So anyways, all I remember about this teacher, Miss Latham, God bless her, oh. um, is uh, she knitted and crocheted. She was this um, 
you know, single woman, probably had a ton of cats. I'm just making an assumption here. And she knitted a lot. And um, one day I opened my locker and I had this like weird thing and it said, uh, worry ward. Whenever you have worries, uh, give it to this. And it was by her. And none of my other classmates got one. I just got one. And so I went up to her. I was like, what's this all about? She goes, I can tell on your face when you worry and you worry a lot. And so I wanted to give this to you. And just wow. the fact that she as a teacher was noticing me um, beyond just the, the grades, you know, and, and was able to do that uh, That's was pretty awesome. Awesome. Fourth grade was also the year that I challenged a boy to uh, meet me at the flagpole at 3 o'clock after school. Did uh, he go? Fight. Well, we didn't get out of school until 3.30. And so um, both of us missed the, the appointment. We did not fight. Um, <laughs> And uh, we didn't, we didn't, which was probably good. But uh, he stopped making fun of me for my poor spelling. So that, I got that going for me. Well, you know that's awesome. So All right, that's a long intro to say we have a guest with us yeah, today yeah, yeah. who is a teacher, my son's favorite teacher, yes. uh, Mr. Clot. My daughter's uh, one of her favorite too. She has one other one that she loves, but good. Uh, again. <laughs> Uh, There's a competition. It's they, a, com- no, it's not a really. competition. I need to know who this one is. Uh, it was Mrs. Pratt oh, last yes. year. He, she loves, like, adores Mrs. Pratt. And so I think because she had a baby then there. So if you can have a baby, maybe Lily will be. <laughs> That's for another podcast. So we'll get to that. Very true. Very true. But no, we, we wanted to bring you on, A, because you've made an impact in our kids' lives. And we see that you you you. Every day when I pick up my daughter, I look outside and you've always got a smile on your face. You've always got joy and every kid loves you. And, uh, and so no I guess, pressure. Was, yeah, no yeah, pressure. No, well, but I guess I see, I see the value. It's like, but I, as we look at it and as we talk about legacy and family here, we keep thinking about the fact that you're adding value, not just to them now, but to who they're going to become. And so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your story, hear a little bit about you, um, you know, and also the phenomenon that you are, if I can put it that way. Yes. Do you like that word? He, I like that word. Yes. Use he, that again if you get a chance. I will. I will. The phenomenon. He actually has a plaque at a local restaurant here called Pluckers. Really? Um, he does. He does. Would you like to tell us about that? Well, yeah, tell, us the, tell us about yourself first before yeah. we get into the legend. The, that le- is. the legend. <laughs> the legend on the plaque. Yes. Oh, guys, thanks for having me on. I know, as I mentioned before we hit start on this thing, I really was looking forward to this. Uh, got my singing voice ready and uh, worked on some jokes as well. But uh, again, we'll we'll get to that. There's lots of time. Um, guys, thanks for having me. You know, my background isn't anything special. I graduated college. Travis and I talked about our graduation year from high school, 1992. 92. And then, I feel uh, good now. And off I went uh, into the, the world of sales, trying to make as much money as possible. Everybody leaves college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Certainly mm-hmm. teaching was not on, on my list of things that I'm interested in at the time. It was about how much can I make and how quick can I make it and buy the house and the car and oh, yeah. all the material goods that yeah. uh, that one you know wants leaving college. About 10 years, 12 years go by after what I would say is a successful medical career in sales. And uh, it was just a rat race, never was fulfilling. Uh, never gave me what I was looking for in a career outside of the paycheck. And mm. I knew there was something else out there. And I always kind of saw myself in a, in a teaching or a leadership role, assuming it would just be in a leadership role in sales. And 
Um, fast forward, you know, we as many teachers are kind of called to the profession and thankfully uh, with the support of my wife and a lot of long hours transitioning out of that world into, into the teaching world, um, you know, here I am and I'm seven years into this thing and it, sometimes it feels like just yesterday and other other days it feels like uh, an eternity but uh, <laughs> more often than not it, it really does uh, feel like it's it's um, it's just begun and I don't plan to do anything else that's cool uh, teaching is what I want to do and, and even on the hardest days um, you, you sit back and reflect on the day and why we got into the profession. Mm. And it's still, I think, for all the right reasons. I think any teacher um, that you talk to was led to this, you know, called to this profession um, in one way or the other. Your wife probably could speak to that as well. Um, and we all get into the profession with this grand idea of we want to save, you know, change the world uh, through these young people. And you hope that you're making a difference. And, and to y'all's previous comments, uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad to know that, you know, what I'm doing in the classroom is making an impact on young people uh, in both of your homes. And, uh, yeah, you know. uh, my son would trade me in for you as a dad any day, by the way, <laughs> just so you know, just so we're all on the same page. Yeah. You are the rock star. Uh. If you sold a picture at the book fair of you, it would be over his bed. I promise you. <laughs> that might be a good fundraiser, PTA. Yeah, but not yeah. like a calendar, not like a fireman <laughs> calendar <laughs> thing. Klotz calendar. Yeah, like every second January. month. <laughs> <laughs> We could have some fun with that. You know, yes, I'll, we could. Yes, we could. You've been around long enough to know I'll do stupid things <laughs> if it'll benefit our our students at, at school. You better believe it. You I better believe it. it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, fast forward once again to my name on the plaque across the street. That's, I think, what everybody's waiting to hear more about. And yes, that's, I uh, want to know about this plaque. Oh, you know what? I didn't even set out to achieve a goal. Uh, such just, as that. You're just that kind of guy. You're just that good. The, I'm the kind of guy that spends way too much money every year on <laughs> buffalo wings. Hallelujah. Uh, seriously. It sounds amazing right now. So the restaurant we're talking about, if you don't know, there's a, a local joint here in Texas called Pluckers, and it's kind of become uh, just this, uh, it's a great restaurant. In fact, my daughter, Jenna, um, she had you, didn't she? That was my first year of teaching. She was in homeroom with me. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. It seems like a long, a long time ago. Well, she just got her first job at Pluckers. Yes. So you'll be seeing her there That's on awesome. a regular oh. basis. That's awesome. So anyways, uh, I believe the, the plaque has to do with uh, being one of the top... Um, uh, spenders at that restaurant in that calendar it's year, not a goal, correct? You're really, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You, you spend, serious? I think it's fifteen hundred in a calendar year, and that's that's food only. That doesn't include anything else that you may purchase at a place like that. So uh, awesome! That oh. is amazing. Yeah, and I, there are a couple of others in your listening audience that I, that made the plaque with me. I'm, I don't I don't stand alone on this plaque. There are several several others yeah. that stand uh, strong. You know that also stand strong with me. Well, going back to my son, he he every time we have a chance to go out, he says pluckers because we have to catch you. Like he wants our family name on that plaque. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm a pastor. I don't make enough money. Exactly. I do not make enough money for that. Yeah. Oh Anyways. my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, the reason why we yeah. we had you on is. Um, you know, we as dads are in the trenches, um, and I think you get a unique perspective on um, kids and families and just how things have shifted. So, yeah. you know, seven years ago, um, technology, we 
technology was basically computers in the classroom. Yeah. And now technology is, you know, cell phones. And kids are coming in in fourth grade, third grade with cell phones. True. And um, just the impact and difference that, that technology is making on families. And, and what you're noticing just from your experience on families and what are you seeing in families that's good? What are you seeing in families that's bad? So we just wanted an outside perspective, um, not throwing any families under the bus by no means using no way, any no names, um, but just kind of in a broad sense, what are you seeing it, that's happening in North America in the families, particularly in Olson Elementary and Allen, Texas? You know, in those in the seven years, um, I've seen an incredible shift with young people, and you're right. We have gone from one or two, maybe three computers, desktop computers in the classroom, and that was the technology that we had access to, that we would build our lesson plans around, and somehow shift those young people through what I would say is kind of a station, and they would get their time with technology, but now it has turned truly into everyone, I'd say a good portion of the young people, even in fourth grade, uh, have a, a device that they would call their own or they have th- yeah. with them at all times. And, and it seems like um, this says, and we've heard it all before, and you see examples of it constantly throughout our day and our week, that these kids are tethered to these devices in mm. such a way that, and I see it at home as well, and it's very concerning. Um, but they, you know, from a, you know, a family standpoint, we see the shift from parents parenting to almost a point where a lot of the parents feel like that's part of what we as teachers do or should be doing. We should be parenting in the classroom along with teaching the, the curriculum or the content. So how would you separate those two things out? Because my wife being a teacher, she would resonate with that a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you see as, as like the teacher role versus the parenting role and, and, and how that should be, not how it necessarily is? You know, I think from a standpoint that I think uh, the lack of parenting that goes on in the household it, um, is is very detrimental to these young people because uh, it's too easy. So parents are so much busier now. Right. And it has become over the last several years uh, way too easy to put some sort of technology in front of these young people. And that keeps them busy for uh, incredible amounts of time and from a parenting standpoint I, I'll be the first to say I've done this here play this right. yeah, I've got yeah. I've got to go do this for a couple of hours so do this and so I see it and we're all vulnerable to it what we need to as parents uh, look at and uh, appreciate is how much time those those young people are actually spending on on those uh, devices or that technology because time gets away my own yeah. son who's a middle schooler uh, recently said, Dad, I, I was only on uh, the, co- the computer for two hours, when in reality it was more like four hours. Wow. I mean, they just they lose a sense of uh, their sense of time when they're just playing. And, and I think Fortnite's another example. You guys did a great podcast uh, specifically on that. Fortnite. Oh uh, yes, yes. We're still dealing with that right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. We... The Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's glitching. It's glitching. <laughs> it's... My uh, son's yelling to strangers about it glitching. I just, yeah. 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 Like yeah. they can help. So, so it's, and, and I, you know, I think one of the other things that I've noticed, and, and you being at Pluckers as often as you are, I'm sure you notice it as well, mm-hmm. the number of families that um, they sit down to eat dinner and the parents are 
kind of talking, but kind of checking their phones. And the kids are all like completely consumed on whatever device yeah, they have yeah, in front yeah. of them. Yeah. And I'm like, that. If there's one sacred time that we should have as a family, it should be a, a breakfast time or a dinner time where it's just like. That's our time. Yeah, it's like no technology gets into this. It's our time. Yes, and it breaks my heart when I see so many families that are so exhausted that that that's their only option. Is like I don't have the bandwidth to connect with my the people that I love. So here's a piece of technology. Watch Nickelodeon. It, yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, do you notice that too? It's it's com- that is the one time that we hold sacred in our family that whether it's at home or at Pluckers or anywhere else, we we set those devices aside and we take advantage of that time. Are there exceptions to that? Like you, your example, yes. If we're just completely spent from the day, we're exhausted. Hey, let's just go out to eat. We're too tired to cook. Let's right. let's just right. let's just go out and, and do this, uh, do the meal and get get done and get home. But you're right. Yeah, you look everywhere. I saw examples of it at Target yesterday. I mean, uh, mom and dad holding all this, all the things, waiting to check out. And here's two young people, probably no more than four or five, each with a device in their hand. Wow. And wow, it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, I had an administrator friend of mine tell me recently, Klotz, you have no idea the things that we're seeing at the kindergarten level. We we have what is now. A situation where fine motor skills uh, aren't there in kindergarten wow. incoming kindergartners they can't color inside the lines they can't use a pair of scissors to cut they can't even tie their own shoe but they can swipe on that phone and they can they can turn it uh, you know they can turn on YouTube or find that that game on on the device and you know that's a shift as wow. you know it, it there's going to be a big shift in how we do things in the classroom and at the administration level due to that fact we we can't go to these homes and make those changes for the parents so we have to adapt to what we're seeing coming in and that's going to continue um, for years to come let me ask you let me ask yeah. you this question so i heard i heard a correlation um you know you read you read a bunch of and then the stats continue to change but the correlation between child depression and technology is increasing. Do you see like do you see that in, in, in the classroom? Like do you see kids who are already emotionally distraught or I mean they have to be they're almost like more 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 needy. Is that are you seeing things like that? We talk about it at times as teachers. They are removed from their entertainment space. Uh, we have so much to compete with as teachers uh, all the entertainment options that these uh, young people have once they leave that building are endless. You know, as young people, the yeah. three of us would go home and we'd say we're bored and don't know what to do. We'd go outside and play, or we go sit, stick. D- d- yeah, pl- play in the mud, or yeah. But, but whatever, <laughs> exactly. any yeah. of those yeah. options, especially as as boys. But now it seems like there's an endless stream of entertainment options for these young people, and so they're. They're never, they're never at a point where they have to be creative or think of something to do. Problem solve. They don't. That, it's this problem is the, solving. It's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. an epidemic. Being resourceful and learning how to problem solve are two of the biggest things I see in the classroom that, that these young people struggle with. They're too quick to say, hey, Dad, I don't get this. Or, hey, Mr. K, I don't get this. Well, I just handed you the paper. Did you even read the question? I kind of read the question, but I don't get it. Right. They right. just want that, immediately, uh, that immediate help. Uh, and they don't want to work through the problem solving. So w- what happened when, when technology was supposed to be the answer? 
Hmm. Like technology was supposed hmm. to help education. Technology was going to, to, to you know, everyone be smarter and we have all of these things. And it is coming back to be, um, I think, a curse, an addiction, like, like a brutal, yeah. like the reality that we're bringing into our kids' lives at a younger, younger age, a device that is geared towards more than anything else, programmed to convince you to become addicted to it. Yeah. And we just kind of give it to them going, huh, it's, it, it, it's a phone. Well, it's like you, they, they, people don't want to miss out. Well, I see their kids doing it, so I want to, you know, it's that same thing when we were kids, the same competition, but just placed onto a technological device of like, how do we now begin to detox these kids from this? Like, I mean, because I know, because again, like you said, the school, the smart boards, the, the you, know, you know, the pads, they're, they're everywhere. So then they go home and we've just caused them to be entertainment over junkies yeah yeah so so let me ask you this though because I'm, I'm hearing this and i'm and i again i called you a phenomenon before <laughs> and the reason i called you a phenomenon is doing the statistics do, 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 do. yeah phenomena do, 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 do. Isn't, that, isn't that just phenomena you can't go there and not finish it that's true yes. that's true so so but i i did look up some statistics and i noticed that um as i kept seeing the pattern throughout the years now we're at about if it's safe to say about 20 percent of teachers are males correct i think that's a good number okay yeah so what do you think that does and this is no demise to women at all but but we, we strongly believe in, in, in the fathering, uh, you know, for, for, for men to step up and lead and be the leaders that they need to be and support their wives. And, but are you seeing, um, does that create another issue inside the school too with, with the guys who, who, I mean, do you see the discipline issue with the women or the men? I mean, like, help me out. Does that create another issue or another paradigm in the, in the school with male teachers versus female teachers? I'm trying to be sensitive how I say it, so I'm, I'm not trying to say something like wrong. Well, oh, okay, so I'm going I'm to try it this way. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> men and women are wired different. Yeah. Um, chemically, um, physically, you name it, they're wired different. So they bring different things to the table. Um, the gifts of a, a woman, particularly in the younger forming years of education and a child's life, are essential. But I think there's something that a man can bring to that story early on, and that's why I think men in the elementary yeah. role is huge. Yes particularly as as so many families are losing dads and dad figures yeah. because I don't care my wife can say the exact same thing that I say in the exact same tone and bring this the same you know discipline hammer as I do but if I say it my kids respond different and there's yeah. there's no rhyme yeah. or reason yeah. to it except that maybe we're pre-wired somehow some way to to just resonate different with that masculine authority figure yeah. than that female, and so how does that play out in the school? And what's the detriment as fewer and fewer men are getting into the teaching roles? That's what is I that meant a fair to say? That's what I meant to say. There I, you go. Yeah, no, that Ditto. Was, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> High fives, very good. Um, I, there is something to be said for the nurturing. Um, a way of teaching that a woman, that a female teacher can bring to the classroom. Uh, now, will I give a hug or will they, will they, will they feel loved and appreciated in my classroom? Yes. Uh, but there's a dynamic that I think a female teacher can bring to the equation that maybe a male teacher can't. But like you're saying, there's something about the authority um, of a male teacher and the response that I've always received um, in the classroom you know when it's time to get down to business you know you put your 
your teacher voice and your dad voice kind of combined together and, and you, you deliver your expectations. Now, are they always, uh, are the students always immediately responding <laughs> to that authority dad, teacher voice? No. Um, but I think the balance is important. Now, I would like to see more male teachers in the elementary school environment. I think men typically gravitate to secondary schools because of the coaching opportunities. Right. Because they're, you know, there are more males there. I, I love being in elementary school, and I hope that that's where I end up as an administrator one day because I think that male influence needs to exist on the, on the elementary school campus, mm. especially in a district like, like Allen. Um, I have always traditionally got, uh, and this, this is outside of uh, both of your, uh, your, your children, I've always got, uh, I've always been given the more challenging students, often male students, mm. behavior students, uh, those that typically struggle behaviorally, academically as well, but more on the behavior side, just because I've had a way with them. That, to, for me, that's the best part uh, about what I do is I love those challenges. I love to work with those young people because there were, you know, like a lot of us, I was a challenged, you know, young man. And I had good parents that were, you know, there all the time and, and they gave me good guidance. But even then, you know, I was a little bit challenged at, at a young age, so I can appreciate the challenges that, you know, that they bring to my classroom, and, and I work well with those, those young people. So I think there's a place uh, for the male teacher in elementary school, and I think there's room for more. And I hope, I really wish and hope that we can recruit more males to the profession. Uh, teaching is becoming more challenging uh, for different reasons, but I don't think that that should discourage others from no. pursuing the, the no. profession. Guys kind of step up to the challenge more often than not. Yeah. Sometimes. That's what, that's what I hope. Uh, so you have a question. Yeah, Bill. well, I was going to say, you know, earlier before we were, we, we were on recording, uh, you had mentioned, you know, in the very beginning, it's hard. You know, everyone loves the accolade. They want to try and get the accolade. Hey, you're, you're making an impact. And one thing that really always resonated with, with you or it resonated with me about you was just the fact that you're speaking into who these kids are going to become. And you made mention that, that it wasn't the first couple of years, but eventually you got some letters mm -hmm. and it literally changed the course of some of these kids' histories. Is that, is that true? Is that safe to say? You know, you get in with this amazing idea of how you're going to change each and every one of them for the better. And, you know, you want to see feedback or results. Hey, am I really doing that? You, you don't know if you're making the impact. And then you know, sometimes months and even years later, you start to get the emails. Uh, hey, Mr. K, it's so-and-so from, you know, this year. I want to let you know that that thing you used to teach us about or talk to us about, and usually it's related to, like, life lessons. It's not about, you know, World War II. Now, hopefully that sticks, <laughs> too. But this is more about life stuff because I love, you know, I try to balance the content of the subject that I have to teach them. And, of course, that's important. But I also balance, you know, work in as many life lessons as possible. Yeah. And I feel that's that's important. Um, and I really, truly want uh, these kids to come to school uh, and not hate the experience. And even if I can go so far as to say somewhat enjoy the experience. I right, mean, they yeah. have to be there for eight hours. We all have to coexist for that amount of time. And if I can make that experience just, you know, more of a positive experience, hey, let's, you know, 
let's get through this. Let's enjoy it. Have a little fun. I've always said to my students and to my coworkers and to my wife at home, if I can balance what I need to teach them with some fun in doing it and let them have that positive experience of school. Because, you know, if you ask most kids in this country, do you love school? We know what the answer would probably be. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter when I used to teach uh, world history, I, I would say out so many young people at the age that I would be uh, teaching, I would say they would do anything to get an education. I mean, that that is their way out of poverty right. or right. their situation. Yeah. They would do anything to uh, to get an education, whereas we just obviously here in the U.S. take it for granted. Yeah, These absolutely. young people find it to be, you know, oh, I got to go to school. Right. I got to be there yeah. all day. You know. So, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, for, for one of the final questions, this is what uh, I'd love to throw your way. Let's just say for giggles yep. that you throw out, Hey, I'm having a meeting and I want all the dads of my fourth grade students to show up mm-hmm. and you had their attention for, let's say half hour. Cause that's all you're going to get. And keep in mind, I'm not talking about reality where five dads show up and they're the good dads. Yeah. I'm talking about every dad rolls in. Okay. Good. All right. Okay. And you have a chance yeah. for a half hour to tell them or to encourage them or to inspire them or whatever about being a dad, what would you, from the, the, the position of a, uh, as a teacher, what would you speak into them at that moment? Oh, I would only have 30 minutes. That'd be, I'd try to cram in so much in that 30 minutes. And I, I would encourage them more than anything um, because being, being there with them is not the same as being present. Uh, in the in the lives of, of mm. their of their their young people and their their kids, uh, being present, always trying to make that time with them uh, quality time, and I would encourage them to mentor their young uh, their young students about what it's like, uh, you know, and thinking ahead. I always try to talk in terms of. You know, here's what the real world will tell you. Here's the feedback you would get if you were uh, a parent's age. Uh, but I would, I would encourage those parents to never stop parenting, uh, and and find that time with them, that quality time, especially when it comes to multiple children, which we all have. Yeah. Uh, I have made it uh, such a such a a point in our lives to spend quality one-on-one time with with my children I would say I would say to those dads take advantage of all the opportunities uh, of time that you have with your young person mentor them in the ways of the world encourage them to embrace um, you know their academics because here we are at a time when I tell my own kids man, you have so many students uh, peers around you they couldn't care less about academics. Uh, all they want to be is cool. Do, right. I, do I look cool? Do I act cool? Do I mm-hmm. run with the cool kids? I said, you're going to have an advantage if you actually put a little effort into, <laughs> yes. you'll, you'll, you'll rise above the rest even more so now in this generation than compared to our generation. Because yeah. we, yeah. we were self-motivated at, at, our, at a young age. And we were driven uh, by different things. And uh, so really, those would be the, the words of encouragement uh, that I would give those, those parents. Just be there with, with your kids, parent them, um, and just shower them with love. And, you know, I think between those three things, that, that would be the point I would try to drive home. I would mm-hmm. certainly encourage them to 
get the electronics out of their hands, uh, minimize the screen time, they can earn those privileges. Right. And I don't think those are bad things, but uh, I, I think uh, earning it, responsibility, accountability, these are all things that we uh, are often seeing a lack of in, in the classroom. Creating some boundaries for them. For sure, yeah, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like there's another part of this that I want to try and challenge the dads who are out there or, or the guys who are walking in a career. I love that you said you were in another career for 12 years mm-hmm. and you just didn't find it. And I think we have so many men who are gifted in teaching and sharing hope, basically just sharing hope with these kids, showing them, life what, to them. Yeah, yeah. of what, what it could be. That if you're out there going, man, I hate what I'm doing. It's a new year. It's 2019 when you're listening to this. And so now it's time the challenge is out there. If you feel like this might be the next step, God may be challenging you to step out and change your career, <laughs> yeah. change his path and begin to speak yeah. life, not into some, even in, in high school, but in, into these formidable years. We talk about it all the time that, that anybody under 13, you're really getting that time to really invest in them and speak in a way that you're not going to be able to when they get older. Right. When, they're, when their peer group takes over and begins to, to be their main source of, of, of speaking information into them, yep. whereas now they are reachable. They're, they're teachable at this point. So I would challenge you that if you're out there going, man, I don't know what I want to do in my life, look into it and see if yeah. this may be where God's leading you oh, to do it. Yes. And if it's not a full-time teacher, become a coach. But yeah. coach not for the win, coach for development of men. Yes. Correct. You know, Correct. and development of women. Um, yes. And there's a hundred ways to, to get involved and break from your routine. And yeah. I promise you, like you've said, um, almost always that comes back. In a few ways. One, when you're coaching young kids, you'll see right away where your flaws are because they'll come out. Yeah, yes. Like if you have an anger issue, it'll come out quickly and yes. you'll realize I've got to get this under control. Oh, yes. yeah. So there's self-improvement there. But more importantly, um, man, you have chance to change traje- trajectories. Is that a word? It it's is. close enough. Okay. You, mm-hmm. you got what I was saying. There. Trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> you have a chance to change someone's direction. There it is. There you go. We'll go that way. Well, this has been a good day. I've been so we've been so blessed to have you here. Thank you so much. You have anything else to add, dude? I I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, Thank you for stepping up and uh, for for being willing. I would love to dig into uh, the true journey behind the career change. Like okay. you kind of hit it, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But I yeah, would love to, to pick at that a little bit because I think there's a lot of guys that um, bought into what society says. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. It's all about prestige. It's all about the bank account. Yeah. And wake up one day, probably in their mid yeah. to late thirties, and go, mm, "This isn't this it." Is, this and is I got not. another thirty years of this. Yes, I got thirty more years of this. This is not yeah. what I want. Yeah. So I'd love to pick yeah, we'll that at some point. Yeah, we'll be having you back on For very sure. soon. That would be good to, to have you on and hear, hear how you kind of process through that of course. Uh, at some point in the future. We'd love it. So. All right. Known Mr. legacy. Mr. Klotz, uh, so grateful to have you here. Thank uh, you. Amazing teacher and Pluckers World Purchase Champion. <laughs> I'll I go like with that. that. I like that very All right. much. Take care. Have a Thank good one. Thanks for listening to Buy Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.